I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kia ora everyone and welcome to Culture Vulture, your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast. I know that we've been like tossing around different hosts for what feels like forever and today is no different because I'm joined with, okay, not only is she the author of my favourite newsletter in the goddamn world, Embedded, but she's actually my friend now, which feels like an even cooler thing to say. We've got Kate from Embedded. Hi. Yes, we are friends. We were we went to Cats, right? Yeah. Cat. Yes, yeah, so, right. I was confusing on its own. Cat's delicatess, especially given given our previous conversation about my cat eating rubber. Kate's cat's just eaten rubber. And anyone that's one had a cat or two had a cat that's eaten rubber <laughs> uh, will know how expensive the vet is. Yes, yeah. So, in total non-pop culture news, um, how expensive a vet? Yeah, and get uh, pet insurance, not the way I did it, which was a day after it happened <laughs> because I was like, oh, I should have had that a long time ago. <laughs> that's actually what we're really good at at shit you should care about just being like oh in hindsight yeah. mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't a good idea that like we all did the fucking cinnamon challenge right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah <laughs> um everyone i am joined with kate because who better to talk about emma chamberlain and us growing out of influences and do they have a duty to stay relevant for us or do we need to just get over it then Someone that is kind of, hate this term, but we're going to say it, is extremely online <laughs> as I am. So, full disclosure, Kate and I got on a Zoom the other day because we wanted to try out writing together, like writing the duo, sending out something fun for you all. And we did the classic thing that any two people in a room together do. Yes. They sit there and like, this should be a podcast. Yes, people would love to listen to us. Yeah. And even better, I think I said to you, I was like, hey, we should do a podcast. And then I was like, oh, I actually have two. <laughs> actually, I have one of those. <laughs> so um, we that was a very long-winded way of saying, hi, Kate, and welcome to Culture hi. Vulture. And I can't wait to talk about Emma Chamberlain with you. But first, we do something every week on Culture Vulture where um, we each, me and whoever's on the mic with me, usually Belle, um, have to bring something pop culture that describes their week, their previous week. I'm mm. not going to make you do that because I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't tell her in advance, everyone, because. I thought that you would have seen the same thing as I saw this week and I thought we could laugh about it together. And if you haven't seen it, then I'm going to feel really cringe. But did you see TJ Mack at the Vulture? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my friend is like an editor at Vulture. And so like I I wrote for Vulture like a yes. – 
a, a sort of extended universe thing of him. And like, I've never spoken to him. I would love to. Everyone I've spoken to who has spoken to him says he's just like the nicest person. Oh, um, Brian. Oh, I guess Brian, <laughs> but TJ too. <laughs> They're all just, you know, the nicest souls. Um, no, I was so jealous because like, it was one of those things because I like, you know, wrote one article. I'm like, you know, this is, I'm part of this is like how I'm like pretending. It's a whole reason that I put it in here is because you wrote the article that introduced me to TJ Max. Oh my God, really? That's an honor. Ruby had said to me, have you seen this um, person on TikTok or blah, blah, blah. And she said, he sings a song that's like sitting Sitting is the opposite of sitting. And I was like, no, I have not. And I was like, but I've actually read something about, which is sometimes the cringe way that I come across things on the internet is like, I don't always see them, but sometimes I yeah. want to read about them and kind of do it backwards and go back and then become obsessed. And it was your piece that I read. And then I became just fully TJ Mac obsessed because how could you not be? But everyone, if you haven't seen, he performed – um, in a smaller, smaller stadium than he's used to. Right, right. <laughs> at the, what was it at the Vulture Festival? Yeah, Vulture Festival, which is in in California, yeah. and he did it yeah. like because TJ Mack is a is a character predicated on a Snapchat filter. They like he has his back to the stage. Brian does, and he's filming himself via the Snapchat filter, yes. but they're projecting that onto the the sort of stage. It is the most surreal yes. thing. It's performance art. It's like yes. You can only see his back, Ryan's yeah. back, but on the screen you're seeing full TJ Mack, yes. full face filter. He's singing. He's performing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just – that brought me a lot of joy. And anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, we're going to link the piece that Kate wrote in the show notes. <laughs> but also please just go on TikTok and rot yeah. your brains um, with TJ Mack because it's like oh my God. so much joy. I think one of his like – well, he like started the character really early and then dropped it for a while and then it came back kind of more in the way that like you would recognize. And um, and it's just delightful. And then the, the lore is so significant and long at this point that you really do have to like settle down like you're about to watch a feature film if you want to catch up. Yeah, which is fun because we all just want to waste time at yeah. our phones, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people wasting time on their phones, no, that's a terrible segue, but there's been a lot of videos going viral that people are making speaking out against Emma Chamberlain at the moment, everyone, and we sort of wanted to we wanted to talk about that. That's what you do on a podcast. Mm-hmm. And the videos in question um, are sort of calling on her to go to college so what's happened is she has a podcast. She's had a few podcasts and her new podcast or her current podcast, I should say, called Anything Goes, has sort of taken a bit more of a philosophical turn. She started, mm-hmm. what what kind of topics has she been doing? She's been questioning things like, does love exist? Yeah. And spirituality and religion is like a really, really recent one. Um, yeah. And I think like she went on cults. <laughs> okay. And so she's decided to tackle... Um, some new topics, and people are not pleased. And I don't think we're here to answer, like, whether it's fine that people are angry at her for this or whether it's not, but more just what happens when you grow out of your favourite creator. How should you right. consciously uncouple? And honestly, we just have a lot of talking points because this is our second conversation on this. <laughs> well, right, like sort of the 
the sort of way I came across this discourse is someone who is a fan of Emma kind of was being like, you know what? I think she needs to go to college. Um, And they were kind of referencing that it became clear in her, in the turn she's taken in her podcast that she really wants to talk about these like weightier topics, but that it's becoming apparent that she does not have like actually sort of enough knowledge to back it up. And it's like, there's something about the, I mean, so like there's, Something about the idea of saying, like, the only way you can talk about these things is going to call it. Like, I don't want to, like, um, confirm that because I don't think that's true. Um, But I – and so and so I think that's all another reason why we can't really say whether this is right or wrong. I think it's something that we kind of decided the main theme of this was, was it's not that they want Emma Chamberlain to go to college on its own. It's that they've been fans of her – as they grew up and now they are in college or they've just graduated college and they are feeling like they've maybe outgrown this person who they have a really strong relationship with and they want her back essentially. And so they're like, okay, how can that happen? She needs to be more relatable to me. Yeah. Um, she needs to go to college because I went to college or I'm in college and I want to see that. Which is such a crazy and entitled thing for us to expect. Right. And listeners and viewers to be like, I'm now in this phase of life. You join me or I'm going to um, create some discourse online that I think TikTok is like putting that little heat button behind and getting right. so many people to see. These videos have like 600,000 likes of people mm-hmm. hating on Emma Chamberlain and there is so much to say. So the first one, I agree with you, is that we're in a different stage of life to her maybe and we're trying to like drag her along with us. But also mm-hmm. you said something about we want her to be relatable to us. Yeah. And it's such a huge thing that happens to celebrity or to influencers or we've been seeing it on TikTok at the moment with your favorite like nine to five influencer making enough money to quit their job and then becoming unrelatable and then Mm -hmm. what does the audience do with that I think that's definitely happened to Emma Chamberlain um, Mm -hmm. in terms of everyone saw her as someone that was starting off on YouTube and she was at school and she didn't like school. So then she quit school and she had this really quick meteoric come up and mm-hmm. really quickly could move to LA. And she was still relatable because she wasn't like the other girls and everyone's right. her. But now she's doing things like hosting the Met Gala and everyone's, she's not relatable anymore. And that's not her fault. No. And she did a good job of like, um, because yeah, like, so Emma Chamberlain started vlogging in high school um, for many reasons, including the fact that I think her school didn't want her vlogging, she ended up dropping out and was like, "This is this is this is the direction I want to take." And then, yeah, she moved to LA, and that's when I kind of came across her. And I think because even though she was throughout her time in LA living in these increasingly nicer apartments and houses, um, you could be aware of that. But her day to day was very relatable. Like she didn't film herself herself really going to fancy events, or you know, sometimes she would. But um, it was mostly just her doing exactly what the teenagers following her were doing, which was just like kind of rotting in her bed and like making coffee and waking up late or staying up all night doing nothing, like playing Fortnite. I remember she had a huge like phase with that. Um, And so like even though you could be aware that sort of the background of all her videos was getting more and more like expensive, there was like you could still – you still felt relatable and I think it was relatable enough that when people would see her have the occasional trip to like Paris Fashion Week 
or even like her first Met Gala thing, there was enough to be like, oh, like this is my friend and she's doing really well. And so I'm not mad about this. And I would say the big shift happened. Um, and I think this is something you brought up when we spoke before was when the Architectural Digest, I think that was Architectural Digest video of her new house came out and it suddenly became like very clear. Like this is, I am not at all the same as this person. Yeah. And I think with this, at the same time as she was moving into her new apartment and becoming more and more unrelatable, she also pulled back from making YouTube videos and mm-hmm. came off TikTok and let us see less into her life. So then when she's coming on her podcast, which is now strangely like her main form of mm-hmm. connection with her fans, even though so many of her fans I see saying things like, oh, I thought we all decided we weren't listening to that. Like none of us really <laughs> that. We love her, but we don't listen. But it's so now she only has a podcast really and she doesn't give away much of her personal life on the podcast And so because she's so mysterious, when she tries to break into these is romantic love dead or these more philosophical questions um, on the pod, we're kind of like, yeah, but we don't know your context as to why you're talking about that. We We don't know if we should if you have the life experience, when I'm sure she does, and it's up to her not to share it with us. But I think that's a real, I think that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like she doesn't have, I think it's like, okay, if you're not going to, sorry, my cat is getting caught in her shirt. Hold on. I can see you. (laughs) You can see me getting distracted. Kate's cat, Ruby, wearing like a big shirt because she had surgery. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. And now it's falling off of her. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Anyways, um, no, exactly what you were saying about, um, I think a big reason why influencers, people want to hear influencers take on, you know, lifestyle recommendations, or even they want to hear their takes on like um, current events is because um, they're not getting that in a vacuum. They're, the influencer is giving them like really unpre- this unprecedented window into their lives, um, which builds up trust. Like they're sharing, you know, even if it's not things like the relationship, they're just like, sharing their day-to-day, their thoughts, their feelings. They're being very vulnerable with their audience. And so the audience in turn feels like they can trust them. And so therefore really like values when they share their thoughts on something because they're like, this is a person who I resonate with. Um, and so Emma, by distancing for probably really valid reasons, like she uh-huh. kind of in her teen years, like uh, I know there was a lot of dating speculation Um in general, there's lots – I mean, I'm sure you're just getting bombarded with feedback from people. And so, like, taking a step back is totally warranted. But it means that she's lost, like you said, like, any context for the things that she's talking about. And the only context we have now are the things she chooses to make public, which is her fancy house, yeah, her being at Fashion Week, her being on the Met Gala red carpet. Um, and so it's then hard to be like – yeah, I want this person's take on yeah. religion. Yeah. yeah. And it's so it's so interesting because it, it makes sense that people are like, I love you so much. You're not showing me that love back by telling me about your life. But that's just like 
so parasocial. Like when mm-hmm. you can just like look at that and be like, okay, it's time to leave this parasocial relationship then. If, right. Like the best thing about the internet is that you get to choose what you mm-hmm. see and what you come across. I mean, algorithms, we could have a whole other conversation about that. <laughs> Things like this. You can choose not to listen. And so instead of hoping that your favorite influencer comes to your level, comes with you in life mm-hmm. or whatever it is, like maybe it's just this whole new thing that people are going to have to come to terms with, people that grew up on the internet where you, it's just like losing friends, like you're going on a different right. path. Yeah, yeah. Like I wrote uh, an article for Bustle about like sort of how – because, like, you know, like we're saying all these things about like why this is happening to Emma, but I think the thing we kind of learned in our initial conversation is there's nothing we think Emma needs to do or change. Like yeah. Emma doesn't owe anyone these changes. Yeah. And so that, that's what got us interested was just like, okay – it's really more of sort of an us problem, but not even a problem, but more like you said, an inevitability, inevitability yeah. of being on the internet. And so one of the things, a piece I wrote for Bustle was about, it was called like Help I Hate My Brand. And it's sort of when, I don't know if this was exactly what Emma Chamberlain went to, but basically the the difficulty for creators when they have like really niched themselves into one brand. And then because especially younger creators who get started on the internet as teenagers, you're, I, if I was still at 30 years old posting on the internet, like I did when I was 15, that would be nutso and I wouldn't have a career. So um, like you have to change, but because she's in a particularly interesting age where I just think um, this is kind of the, she has been on there long enough for people to start to outgrow her. And she's also still so, so young and has so much of a career ahead of her. We were so shocked to find out she's just 22. It's um, crazy. It's Yeah. She's 22 and we are expecting so much of her. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to be like, well, she's got a lot of money. She could just tap out. But it's like, yeah. well, she shouldn't have to. She should be able to right. do the things that she wants to do. And if that's podcasting, then like yeah. podcast and maybe younger people will find her and they won't have had these thoughts before. And they'll be like, oh, that's that's so true. And I right. Yeah. It's like basically if she – I think this is purposeful. I think she's aware of – the discourse, like, I mean, every time she posts a, a picture on Instagram, all the comments are just like, new YouTube video, new YouTube video. Yeah. Like, she yeah. she knows that, that – and I think it's probably pretty difficult, but I also think she's been – because what she puts out is so limited and it, 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 that means it's intentional. And so, like, she knows. And this is what she wants to do. And I think an inevitability of sort of changing your brand or altering how you show up online is accepting that in order for you to find the right people, you have to shed the – for lack of a better word, wrong people. And that's where I think the parasocial relationship and that feeling of betrayal comes in because like you you do feel owed this that people feel owed that this content from Emma that they've had for years. And so then when they see her not giving them that, you know, I think they're in like a denial phase or something or bargaining or something to just try yeah. and get Emma to come back. Yeah. And soon they're gonna need to be like, you know what? Like Except- this is yeah, accept yeah, exactly. Acceptance and just be like and this is something too, like she's 22. I think a lot of her followers are probably around the same age. You don't, when you are kind of done with a creator, that doesn't mean you never see them again. And, yeah. you know, I like uh, I, the YouTube, like I, was something I got into at 15. A lot of creators, I still like kind of out of um, 
what is it, loyalty, follow so many of the people I started following at that age still 15 years later. And there are some of them where I totally dropped off for a little bit. Um, I know someone that you and I both have in common is Zoella. We both love Zoella. There was a period of time where I like, I loved her when I started. Then I would say like uh, post-grad, early 20s, I just fell off of her a little bit. Like I just wasn't super interested in the side of her content that was her writing books or um, her making all these products. Like that just kind of wasn't speaking to me. And I never unsubscribed. I mean, but even if I did, like I, you know, she found her basically recently this past year, I've just, ever since she had kids, I just am all back in because I'm like, okay, I love this content. I love similarly Emma Chamberlain, just seeing someone have a nice little life at home and like make their space fun and do sweet things with their family and friends. That's what I'm all about. And so I've gone back in hard. Um, But in the case, there's actually another creator who's um, from the UK called Rhiannon Ashley, who I followed when she did like fashion content. I unfollowed her because similarly, I think that wasn't what I was looking for. And then like five years ago, I like, she came up on my feed and I was like, oh my gosh, what's she doing? She's living like a cute little life in in like a town in England. I followed her again. Like yeah. it, it all comes back. Like you, you yes. this, it's not goodbye forever. It's <laughs> <laughs> you later. And yeah, I remember when we were talking about Zoella the other day. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everyone, to keep referring back to this. <laughs> but we drew some interesting conclusions. Like I've never ever put Emma Chamberlain and Zoella in my head in the same mm-hmm. sort of brand or in the same basket. But it's like Emma Chamberlain wants to be able to do what Zoella does, mm-hmm. which Zoella lives a really nice little life with anyone that follows her, knows that she's not interested in going to the big flashy events. She has a nice mm-hmm. house, a kid, a dog, Alfie, their business, and they hang out with their family. And it's like she keeps what she wants to keep private, but she's gotten a bit older and she'll still – I don't know why I needed to say she's gotten a bit older, obviously. <laughs> still do like um, boundaried yeah. – like I'm going to let you into my life for like Vlogmas or August, whatever she did for August. And I think it's interesting because I Emma Chamberlain probably wants to be able to do that. She probably wants to be able to just have her life and be happy in it. And but then it's like, why do you have podcasts? But she's got to. Well, I think. Yeah, I think it's like you know, it. I it's like a question that I don't think has a clear answer of just like what comes after influencing, and there are people who are going to be on that content grind for the rest of their lives. Like they're going to milk it for as long as they can. But I do think for a lot of people there, you're going to hit a, either a burnout or like a natural endpoint. It just, just from what I've seen, like no one has really been able to do it exactly how they did in the beginning forever. And, um, and I think the thing with Emma is she started so early that she's hitting that now. And then it's like, oh my God, my life like just started. Yeah. And so it's like, so I, it's a really hard position. And I think someone who has done something interesting and sort of, you have to start figuring, like laying the groundwork for what are you going to do when you step out of the limelight a little bit, if that's something that you're working towards, which it does kind of seem like Emma is just from like how she talks about her life. Um, or when she, when she did, it was very, like, she's very averse to this lifestyle. Um, and Someone like Alex Cooper, who does the Call Her Daddy podcast, obviously Call Her Daddy is still going, but she just created her own podcast company and brought sort of um, 
other a little bit young. I was saying younger. I think relatively they're all like children, but like, <laughs> you know, brought some like younger uh, people on board and like my theory and just some conversations that I have had is that that's something she's doing is to kind of set up her next step. Like one day she will not want to do call her dad anymore. And she can just be someone who has runs a podcast company and works with other creators. And I think, I don't know if that's the route Emma wants to go, but um, even if we think about Zoella as like a parallel, it's a lot of her business now is not front facing. She's constantly or not constantly, she's literally not, but like I always am reminded that she does all these things when sometimes she'll drop in a thing. Like a big thing that she works on is this uh, photo and video editing app that I'm not remembering the name of. I'm so sorry, Zoella, um, that her and Alfie are like co-founders of. And she'll just be like, oh, we have new filters. I worked on them. Like like she does that. I, don't, I can't imagine it's like an amazing money thing, but yeah. like it's pretty. And then, um, you know, Alfie does he just like launched future a coffee. Self. Yeah. Yeah. Future self. And he has like a coffee thing. Yeah. And they have, what is it? Like a marketing agency, talent agency called A to Z. Such a good name considering. Oh my God. Is, is this something I don't, I don't I don't know this. Oh, this is like. I would believe that. Yeah. But you know, when they go to the office and they're like. I've, I've, so yeah, that was like a question, like a big blind spot for me because they, Zoella as a business was a thing and they wound it down. Yeah. So now Somewhat they, recently. Yeah. And now they do this agency that they have. Oh, that's so – well, yeah, that's the thing. Like I think a big thing that this is such – like so many creators who are adults now or especially ones that are in their 30s um, are people who kind of started doing this when it was like totally new and unregulated. And I do think the best thing that so many of them can do is be like, okay, now that this is a thing and I've lived it, what can I turn around and like do yeah. for the next generation of creators? Like I think it makes so much sense for – that to be a place they go to I like for Emma I don't she's got her coffee like, no not mm-hmm. us trying to figure not us being like we're <laughs> not gonna be here telling <laughs> right I also feel like and we shouldn't have to do this but caveat like I'm a huge Emma Chamberlain fan right like, yeah uh-huh fucking love her and that's why I, I'm like but I do not expect more from her mm-hmm. than she wants to give us and yeah I if I don't want to listen to a podcast episode I'm not going to. It's You'll know that I wrote about the What About Me effect, which I mm-hmm. saw on TikTok. And it's so – what about ever since writing about it, I'm just like I see it everywhere. If something comes across our feed and it doesn't directly pertain to us, we get so wound up. And then maybe it's even on purpose. TikTok puts a video that doesn't – you're not going to mm-hmm. write in front of you on purpose. So then you make a reaction video to it. Yeah. And yeah. That one gets heaps of likes, but I feel like that's that's what this is. Yeah, and we like mentioned, you know, algorithms and how that's a whole other conversation. But it's also kind of part of this because I do think algorithms are what contributed to this feeling that everything should be curated exactly for what we want, and if it's not, then we can yell at it because that's what's so unfair to the creators who make these videos on TikTok, who then end up in front of someone who doesn't like them. Is like they're bearing the brunt of like a decision they did not make. Like they were not like, oh, I think like they didn't go up to this person and go watch this. Like some like an algorithm did that, and then now they're like getting attacked. And and yeah, and I think with with Emma, it's part of that, but I think it is part of really simple of just for a really long time she did the same thing. People really loved it. She clearly needed to move on from it, and it feels like a betrayal. But you have to think about it. You know, like TV shows. And um, yeah. I likened it to Ted Lasso. Like I loved the first season. Thought the second season was fun. Could not get through two yeah. 
episodes of the third and just was like, all right, I'm going to go. Like, I'm not going to watch it Um, because it doesn't – they're not like I'm just a person in a living room. They're not writing for me. And like I think the difference is because of the nature of creating and especially vlogging, it's very easy to feel like Emma is talking to you. And so it's – even if you aren't consciously aware of it – um. It, I think it's it's so weird to then see that actually you're not the person she's talking to at all. Like, yeah. yeah. You sort of have to admit to yourself if you're in this sort of, I'm listening to Emma Chamberlain, it feels like she's my friend, and then suddenly she starts talking about things that you don't want to hear about, and you sort of have to admit, oh, either I've changed or she's changed, and mm-hmm. let me be self-aware and just like stop listening to the episodes or like, yeah, I I think one thing we haven't mentioned that we talked about um, in our fateful conversation yeah. mm-hmm. a few days ago, um, and I actually first heard about it, I heard this take on the Shameless podcast, which I love and I listen to a lot, and it's it's it feels like every young woman gets to a point where the internet is just waiting and ready to tear them down. It's like mm-hmm. with Matilda Jerf, she got the New York Times article and then suddenly all these eyes were on her and then, lo and behold, a few months later, she's coming down. It's like with Emma, she hasn't done anything overly bad that the internet mm-hmm. can come at her about. Yeah, and she's so purposeful about that. Like that's why we get so little. Um, and so and, – and it was truly – for when you were like that it's such a revealing thing for me too to realize where it's just like it's really just grasping at at anything because it's just like and I think um the same with Matilda Jerf and the same with this and the same with countless other examples I think is that you know Emma has become very untouchable in part because of her success and in part because of this sort of um distance she's purposefully put between herself and her followers and I think it's like a way to make that person more relatable is to like attempt to break the facade. And that's what all these things are. Like, I mean, I can't speak to the Matilda Jerf business decisions, but I don't think it was her sitting in the room being like, take down everyone who makes a video. Like, I just think she's in a team. Um, and then, you know, with, with Emma, I think it's just like, how can we, what, like, what control can we exert over this? This yeah. person is leaving. How can I grab on more? And it's like, okay, this is what she is giving us. Well, here's it's it's bad actually. Yeah. Like, and 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 I don't know if people are really having that thought, but to me, it feels like on the most basic level, just she's so not relatable anymore. And I think that's hard. And it feels like she's gone. And this is like a kind of way to like puncture that um, facade a little bit. Not, but like, what's the word that's not facade? Because facade makes it sound inauthentic. Which is puncture that brand that she's built that is like really now far removed from the people who she started with. Um, and it's like, how can I make that just a little bit less intimidating or, or uh, unreachable? And it's like, okay, she should go to college. <laughs> it's just really funny that if you think about it, the one thing that everyone can find to sort of agree on mm-hmm. when it comes to tearing Emma Chamberlain down is that she hasn't got to co- gone to college. Yeah. I mean, the conversations online I've been seeing are like, oh, well, it's really snobbish or elitist mm-hmm. for us to like assume that everyone has to go to college. And then we were talking about the fact that 
a few years ago, there was really this like anti, or maybe it's still, I don't know, this anti-college, like anti-institution, like self-made is much better yeah. than sort of college trained mm-hmm. vibe. And maybe the tides are starting to turn on that. Maybe it's like, oh, we like some people, it worked for them being self-made and some people like could do with a bit of critical thinking. Yeah, I guess it depends. Because I think, you know, if Emma Chamberlain like started her career being like, I want to have a podcast where I talk about philosophy, then maybe that's a time to be like, okay, I think what would help with that is going to college. And this is, but it's more that like, this is what she found her way to. And I don't think just because, you know, she didn't go to college means she doesn't have perspectives on these things. Because I mean, I would, like she grew up under very unique circumstances and I would I would honestly think she would have like a very interesting perspective on some of these um issues just from I mean she's she goes through the world so differently than the rest of us and I yeah and and like she has a perspective worth hearing whether she's just not given enough of that perspective like we talked about earlier and not given us mm-hmm. enough of so what have you been up to and what's made you think about this philosophical idea yeah. again we're not owed that but I agree it's like mm-hmm. just because she hasn't got to college doesn't mean that she doesn't have these weird life-altering sort of mm-hmm. experiences that change your perception of the world and doesn't mean that they're not worth listening to yeah and I just find it like honestly it's humorous that the one thing that the internet has pulled Emma Chamberlain up on is the fact that she didn't go to college yeah I know it's yeah, it's a, and like it doesn't. I mean, in America, as we I mean, like, Emma could afford to go to college, so like this argument doesn't apply to her. But it is like such an elitist thing to be like, you know, oh, like we don't want to listen to you because you're not college educated. It's just yeah. like there's so many things wrong about that. But I like I said, I do, I think it comes more from they just want Emma Chamberlain to be like them in some yeah. way. Did you go to college or uni? Oh yes, um, yes, I I went to, to li- a very elitist liberal arts college. Um, you know when you're at university or in college you are you do get a little bit like oh my god I'm having all the interesting Mm -hmm. conversations with smart new people Mm -hmm. like I can see that in that zone that's like oh I'm having all of these conversations for the first time Emma Chamberlain would well it's a funny jump yeah like Emma Chamberlain should be doing that I think it's like oh like because I do I do from I think from from the early videos about this it did start as kind of a genuine like I think you would like college because, like, yeah. you can have these conversations not in your bedroom, right. like, to a microphone. You could talk to other people. And I don't even think it started as necessarily, like, you know, yeah. trying to be elitist. But I think it really took hold because I think it captured that a lot of people are feeling just disenchanted with her in general, are feeling kind of neglected by her. And and it kind of really it morphed into just like she needs to go to college and then then this will be better um yeah it's such a it's but you know i am curious to see what her next move is um because i do feel like she's wound a lot down um and now it kind of is just the podcast and i yeah i wonder what's next and what she's interested in doing and i think she would do great in a behind the scenes role, but it is insane that she is only 22. I mean, we're this comes out and we get like a vlog next week or something, but um, but it would be crazy. And she'll be like addressing the college situation. Right? Yeah, college. Like. Well, yeah, it's like so hard because you know, we're both sitting here being like, 
we are not going to tell her what to do. I'm like, but she would love NYU, I think. Um, like, like, it's just kind of like, oh, like, that'd be kind of, I think, but it's, that's coming from a place of like, I want entertainment. I'm like, oh, I would love to watch her vlog NYU. Like, I think she'd have yeah. a lot of fun there. I think there's so many vlogs of her visiting New York, talking about how much she likes it and how she likes it so much, but she could never move there because her life isn't there. And and I'm like, oh, this would be, this would, I'm like, oh, quote unquote, this would be great for her. But what I'm saying is it would be great for me. That sounds fun. Like, <laughs> and, and you're self-aware enough to be like, oh, I want the content out of this. I probably don't care what she yeah. learns there. I see the vlogs. My, okay, my final last wish for Emma Chamberlain is that this isn't true, everyone, because I feel like I need to caveat that. Is that her and the sister squad? No, that she does a tell-all about what yes. happened between her and the sister squad and that she does a tell-all between what happened between her, Hannah Maloche, yes. and Ali. And she will never do that and she doesn't owe it to us. Yeah. It, I mean, it would be the way to just absolutely – I mean, but the thing is, it wouldn't be her. It wouldn't be her. But if she did it, it would break the, like, break the internet. It's like such a boomer phrase at this point. But I think it really yeah. would. Like, I would be sat to watch that. Uh, I bet she'll go somewhere more into fashion. Um, I just don't. Yeah, coffee. Like, something like that that she is into. Um, and, but I think as for, I think this is a moment of, like, her fans, like, they can kind of get out their yayas making all these TikToks. But I do think ultimately, like, it's not going to change anything. She's not going to go to college because you were – like, is that the idea never occurred to her and then she saw all these TikToks? Like, I think um, I think it's just people running up against an inevitability of, you know, and it's something that's going to happen a bunch where you start following someone really young and they're really young and they're going to change and you're going to change. And like you said at the beginning, it's like friendship where sometimes it is just not going to stick and it's a shame but also it's all in your computer. And so yeah. you can at the you can just kind of it can be it's a real the real emotions and I've felt this before. Um but it is not worthy of the amount of TikToks that are being made. Like just just say it's like don't be what is it? Don't cry because it's over. Smile because well, I have it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's the Emma Chamberlain motto. And you might you might reconnect later in life. Like yeah, sure. Zoella. So oh, Yes, Zoella. Time. Everyone, if you've fallen off Zoella like us, it's time to get back on. I'm loving it. Now, Kate, we finish each episode. Another thing I didn't get you to prep, but next time you come on, you'll be so okay. prepped because there will be next time. Um, with We usually say like what's on our radar, what are we reading, mm -hmm. what are we watching, listening to podcasts, just like anything. Is there anything mm -hmm. that you're loving at the moment? Okay, this is very niche and weird, but um, just in terms of something that uh, I that I like, how I kind of categorize how I follow people on the internet is I tend to follow people who are in like whatever the next stage of my life is, and so that works with a lot of people like Zoella and stuff that I've grown up with. They've always been a little bit ahead of me, mm -hmm. um, and Dolly Alderton calls it like going on vacation into the next decade, and so like you know you you. It's these little things you do like, oh, in your 20s when you have like an herb garden or whatever, you're vacationing into your 30s because I feel like a 30s thing to do. And so now I'm in my 30s and I've been thinking a lot about like what does vacationing into my 40s look like? Like is there anything for that? And the way I do that stuff is by consuming YouTubers. And I found one who I love. Her name is – I found her on TikTok and then I now like her videos are like 40 minutes long and she's a mom. Her name is Ask Charlie. That's the name of the account. Okay. She's a mom who lives in uh, Sussex, I believe. She has ponies. She lives on a farm. She just like does school drop off. I 
and like I mean this in the best way possible nothing happens and like you just watch it and they're so long and like I love to just put them on and it really grounds me because you're it's a life that is very different from mine but it's also like very nice to watch like someone in the next decade and be like yeah that looks amazing like I'd love to have like this she has this gigantic oven like I I've just been loving her so that's really she does like two videos a week I consume them immediately I don't I, I'm certainly not her demographic, but I love them. I also love the way you say mum. Like you say it like that. Oh, I did. Yes, I did it. I did it because like I, that's like how she describes herself. Yeah. And like I can't call her a mom <laughs> when I know she, she's a mom. Like, oh, yeah. But <laughs> either like Kate is really trying to impress me or she no. did grow up in the UK and she calls her mom. No, I've, I don't say mom in my life, but like, you know, it's just like, I can't refer to her as a mom because she's not. She's a mom. And then, like, it's the same way when I'm listening to, like, a Kate Nash song or something and she says – she sings something in, like, a most the most, like, English accent you've ever heard. I have to sing it in an English accent because it would be insane to, like, change it. Um, it's like that. That's part of the art. Um, my, on my radar is so much more tacky, but I <laughs> so good, everyone. I know Kate's going to get it anyway. I've been watching Love Island Australia. <gasps> okay, I've been told by so many people I need to watch Australia. I've never watched Australia. No, I've never watched mm. Australia, and it's I'm on episode six. Ruby told me to watch it. Once again, she should be on this fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> and Lucinda from – did you watch Lucinda from Love Island? Yes, wait, Australia? yes, and she she's – okay, so it's like the current season, right, because they're doing so much, like – Cross contamination is the word that was coming to <laughs> mind. Cross pollination. <laughs> no, they are. Yeah. No, they totally are. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she's she's on there. There's some people from Married at First Sight that are on there. It's like really full of cameos. Honestly, oh that, my god, that bubble of talent must be quite small. Or like, I, honestly, yeah. And because I think everyone got mad when they kept pulling on 19 year olds because they were like going younger, and it was like, no, stop it. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. That's a whole other thing of Love Island's cr- cross pollination. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled for that for a collab. Yeah, yeah. Next, whenever, whenever All Stars happens, when is it happening? I all right. So now I'm like, I think it is confirmed happening. Like it is happening, but the cast hasn't been released, and they haven't said when. Unless I'm talking out of my ass, but I what I know for sure is that it was rumored for a while, and then I believe it got confirmed, and we're just like waiting. Okay, so everyone, you just sit tight for a really yeah. good episode of Culture Vulture about the cross-pollination. <laughs> There's so many. Oh, it's so funny. Okay, Kate, this has been gorgeous. It's been great to have you here. Yes. Everyone, you can subscribe to Embedded like you already should be because I link it all the time. Um, we'll put that in the show notes. You got anything else you need to plug, Kate? No, no plugs right now. Everyone send uh, send good thoughts for – good healing thoughts for Ruby the Cat. Yes, <laughs> and to Emma Chamberlain, everyone. Good yes. <laughs> <laughs>